And welcome into Sports 1140 KHDK. Happy Friday, everyone. As we are here at Golden One Center tonight. Yeah. Maybe playing tonight. I don't know. I don't know. If It's on my Twitter bio, so it's official. I, I have averaged a triple single. I did that in high school. So if Coach Christie needs someone that can get less than 10 points, less than 10 rebounds, and less than 10 uh, assists, yeah, I can do that. I can do less than that. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into that tonight. As uh, as of now, as of this moment, uh, the game is on, and I believe it will be on. I mean, I, I do. Uh, some version of it. And we'll go over it a little bit today because I already know what everybody's saying. Oh, Kings have no chance. It's very minimal, right? But it's sports. It's happened. The Kings went to Charlotte not long ago where the Charlotte Hornets were without seven key players. Now, this feels a little bit more dramatic in the sense of just a position being gutted by the Kings and not having a point guard, a traditional point guard tonight, when that is a strength when you've got De'Aaron and you've got Tyrese and you've got Davion. Nope, not so much tonight. So there'll be many challenges tonight in this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. But it's basketball. It's an opportunity. We'll see how it looks, how it goes, and uh, we'll have it for you. Uh, uh, all right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. By the way, besides all the things that are going against the Kings tonight, we also have to point out uh, the other part. Memphis is really good, and Memphis is in a crazy hot streak right now. And the Kings should know this because when they went to Memphis earlier, they got absolutely punked, just embarrassed. Grizzlies dominated that game, deserved to win, blew out the Kings. Kings had... uh, I don't know if they let off the gas thinking, oh, it's the first game without John Morant. We're going to be just fine. Well, I think a lot of people have learned that the Memphis Grizzlies can win without John Morant. I wondered if they could, but now I don't wonder anymore. And to help us with that a little bit later in the show at 5 o'clock, the longtime voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, radio voice Eric Hasseltine. He will join us. We'll check in with Eric. And um, it's got to be a super exciting time for them. I've, I've been telling you how... I think the West is really the top three and then the rest. But, you know, Memphis is is inching into that fourth spot and and really trying to crack that top three with this win streak and how well they have played. So um, that run really started with the first time against the Kings. So we will talk to Eric at five. We've got a lot of NFL to get into. Look at the games ahead for this week. There's stories around the NFL. And then, you know, just tonight we're going to kind of dive in on what uh, the Kings coaching staff will draw up, how to try their best to win this game. And not just effort. I mean, that that goes without saying, and it's going to be opportunities. They're all NBA-caliber players. They're getting a chance. But what is the game plan? What is the scheme when you are light, a very critical position? Uh, I know Chris brought it up the other day when we were mentioning, you know, the the unique nature last year in the NFL when, oh, the Broncos are without a quarterback. This is going to be fun. It It, it wasn't. <laughs> They had their quarterback room hit with COVID. They didn't have a functioning quarterback going into a game. They played a quarterback that played some in high school and was a receiver and played some in college, and it just didn't work. I mean, it just they didn't have a chance. And I don't, I don't expect that to be the case tonight, but you don't know. you got to wait and see how it all plays out. And maybe by human nature, Memphis, you know, I'm sure Memphis is entering the game thinking they're going to win, even if the Kings were healthy, by the way, but they're not. And there is a human nature element to this. And then all of a sudden, wow, the Kings are still around. Kings are still around. And then 
crazy things can happen. So we'll see. We'll break down that game uh, before the end of the show as well. And if we get to it, it'll be a game night at 5.30 and then Kings Live pregame at 6.30. Of course, the G-Man will have all the play-by-play coming your way at 7 o'clock. But let's do it. Let's start you out with First Things First. First Things First. First Things First. All right, well, before we even get into the Kings in even more detail, we're going to start with the NFL. And are you ready for some football on Thursday, last night, Saturday? Still confirmed, one game now. Sunday, we got a full day of Monday, of Sunday games. Monday, a bonus game. And Tuesday, man, the NFL had not moved games this year. And as we told you yesterday, it was the Rams at one point had 25 players from the roster entering health and safety protocols. The Browns and the Eagle, or excuse me, and Washington football team, they were at 21. Cleveland had been the most outspoken. They were down to Nick Mullins as their quarterback. Raiders, of all things, didn't have anybody in protocol. This game was supposed to be one of the Saturday games tomorrow, a doubleheader that was going to be here on KHDK. Instead, Saturday now will just have the Patriots and the Colts. The Raiders game with the Cleveland Browns has been moved to Monday. So we're going to have another Monday doubleheader. We will be able to carry that for you here on KHDK as that game is going to be at 2 o'clock. That'll lead us right up to Kings basketball on Monday night if if the Kings are playing on Monday. But as of now, we're going to assume all things are on. And so that's where the Raiders game has been moved to. As far as the Tuesday uh, football, that is a couple of games that were juggled around today as well because of the COVID concerns and health and safety protocols like we mentioned earlier. And Washington and Philadelphia has been moved to Tuesday, as has the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. We played some audio yesterday about uh, from Commissioner Roger Goodell and saying, you know, this is going to be fluid. We're going to have to look at things. And they have. And this is their solution. And I, I can hear people out there. There's plenty of people that have suggested this. Like, why? Why are they playing? Well, the why, you know the why. It's money. Now, is money more important than people's safety? (laughs) That's a great question. Depends on who you ask. Um, But I'm going to put you in the shoes again as well. As I I ask this just generic question, we all can have our opinions. But honestly, if this was your decision, you were the commissioner of sports, of the NBA, of the NFL, you see this outbreak, you see it nationwide, but certainly in your sport, I, I wouldn't be mad at you if you said, oh, shut down for a month. Okay. Is COVID going away? Is it just going to be more in check? Um, Do you mandate? We're back to that word. That's the dreaded word. Do you mandate people get vaccinated? Well, the Players Association protects the players from that. Those around the sports that have to work and travel and work closely with the teams, you don't have that choice. Players do. And also, let's point out the fact, some people that are testing positive are vaccinated, maybe even boosted as well. So the reality is, you know the leagues want to play games. I think we all can say we would love to be back to normal. And whatever normal means in the present day, I, that's such an easy saying to put out there. But what does that mean? But I guess that would mean, hey, I get to go to a game. I get to watch a game. I, In this case, athletes get to play in the game. But I think testing will still go on. Maybe I know the NBA has talked about stricter testing going on for the next couple of weeks with an anticipated boom like we're seeing now from Thanksgiving and then possibly through the holidays. And 
you know, for our entertainment, Christmas is a pretty fun day to watch NBA basketball. It's a big money-making day for the league. You know they want to play a week from tomorrow. But there are severe questions on whether or not this can happen and should happen. I mean, the Kings are scraping the bottom of the barrel to play this game tonight. And they'll do it. They'll do their best. They might even win. That's not the point. Is should the game being played, should that the, the league elected in the NFL, which has the luxury, we should point that out too, they have the benefit of you know one game a week for these teams. You can move a Raiders-Browns game two days to Monday and get it in and kind of get back to whatever a, a normal rhythm of an NFL weekly schedule is and have the Raiders and Browns both play next Sunday. So... They're moving games. The Raiders and Browns get moved from Saturday to Monday. Washington and the Eagles, as well as the Raiders, excuse me, as well as the Rams and the Seahawks, get moved to Tuesday. And I've also seen people mention, you know, where college was very uh, open about the enforcement of student-athletes getting vaccinated so the games could be played to the point where they said some of the leagues would say, if your game is unable to be played because of an outbreak, we will have forfeits. You will forfeit, which is funny. That was said and stated, but Cal had a pretty bad outbreak, had to play one game. The second one against USC, they moved to a later time because they actually could, but it was not a forfeit. So the NFL doesn't want forfeits. They want to play their games, and that's for all sorts of reasons. Players' money, owners' money, uh, gambling, betting, casinos, all that. Fan duel, those kind of things, fantasy leagues. You know, this is a huge operation, all these sports, and people are, are getting impacted by COVID, and it certainly has happened. So the league has that happen. We'll talk more about that as the show rolls along, but let's get you more first things first. First things first. First things first. All right, how about last night? We did start the new week of football. We had quite a game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. This one, uh, there's a lot to dive into that we'll get into a little bit later to start the 4 o'clock hour talking about the NFL this week and all the things that are going on, Uh, decisions that were made in the game, right, wrong, indifferent. I told you I'm a fan of Coach Staley. We'll hear audio of him who continue to go for it. Um, This was not a good night for him in analytics, but – I like his consistency. I like his thought process. He is more aggressive. It burned him. There's no way around it. It burned him last night. But in the end, we had a thrilling finish that went overtime. Here's how it sounded. First things first. We'll try that again. Chris, let me know when you got that. Okay, here we go. Here's how it sounded last night in OT. Mahomes takes the snap at his right thigh, dumps it over the middle, caught by Kelsey at the 30, spins back behind Kelsey at the 15-yard line, Kelsey at the 10-5, touchdown, Kansas City! There you go, Mitch Holtis, Mitch Holtis from the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. They win in overtime, and it really was an amazing game, 34-28, as Travis Kelsey had just a massive game. Mahomes was good. Uh, over 400 yards. He did have the uh, interception, but threw three touchdowns. He also had a couple of good uh, scramble plays there. And then Herbert, he was doing his part, but they had a couple of opportunities late, especially in the end of regulation, not a ton of time. 
Um, and then also in the end uh, or the first part of overtime as well. But uh, a thrilling finish. And Kansas City now, what they have done is really started to cement their spot in the standings as a team to fear, as a team to watch. And that's why these seasons are long. And I don't know, six, seven, eight weeks ago, we're talking about what's wrong with Kansas City. I, I just don't see it. The offense seemed off. The defense was never had never been a strength of the team. But now, collectively, not last night as much, but the prior four or five weeks, the Chiefs' defense was terrific. And last night, they kind of had the combo package to win their seventh consecutive game. This team can win anywhere, anytime, in any kind of style. They go 10-4, and four, clear the Chargers by two games, and are just solidifying themselves in the AFC. And like I said, when the, whenever the final seven are set in the AFC and you look at that bracket, everybody's going to first draw their eye to Kansas City. Where, what's their roadmap? Who are they facing first? Did they get the bye? Where, what's their first potential matchup? Um, who, where are their roadblocks? Because, you know, as, when New England gets there, uh, maybe Baltimore, Buffalo, uh, Tennessee likely, maybe the Colts, maybe the Chargers are there too. I think everybody is at that point still, no matter, especially if the Patriots won out, I still think we're going to be looking at, nah, I think I trust the Chiefs more. I know I do. Doesn't mean they'll win it, but I think that's the situation that the Chiefs have earned based on the last three years, really. Three years ago, losing to the Patriots with Brady and Mahomes in that classic AFC championship game, then getting to the Super Bowl and winning, and then getting to the Super Bowl and losing. So they have been a consistently productive tough team to beat and a good playoff team so they're not the um shoe in but like i said whatever the seven are and the chiefs are going to be part of that you're going to have to look at what their roadmap is and who they get and most games i think if not all in the afc playoff road they would be favored because they're that good i mean they're just they're that good and they're playing that well now and that makes it scary and you go on past history andy reed's now done it Patrick Mahomes has now done it. A bunch of that roster has done it. And when you can throw out a night like last night where Kelsey is unstoppable, but you have other weapons that can do it, and especially the last few weeks, as we mentioned, if the defense helps them win, good luck because that team will become a problem. More in the NFL coming up at 4. Let's get you more First Things First. First Things First. Okay, the Sacramento Kings. They are going to be in action tonight. They are scheduled to play here tonight at home. They have got some major issues. As uh, the term when it came out yesterday on that tweet from Woj was breakout, potential breakout in Sacramento, talking about COVID and health and safety protocols. Well, Davion Mitchell has reportedly become the sixth Kings player in COVID COVID protocols and is uh, scheduled to miss this game tonight. He is ruled out. So let's start going through the list of those that are scheduled to be out. Uh, We are going to see Tyrese Halliburton. This is more of a back issue. Chemezi Metu with a knee issue. Davion Mitchell and health and safety protocols. According to the last report as well, Marvin Bagley, Terrence Davis, De'Aaron Fox, Lewis King, Alex Len, all in COVID protocols, and then Rashawn Holmes is still out. So there are bodies, not a lot, not a lot for the Sacramento Kings 
but they do have a roster that's here and available to play. And when you're looking at that roster, it's thin. It's not a lot of point guards at all, if any. You're going to see tonight Harrison Barnes available to play for the Kings. Buddy Heald available to play for the Kings. It's almost easier to do it this way than those who are out. Uh, you also are going to have so, – so if you look at just the scoring this year, um, Barnes, number two score on the team. Buddy Heald, number three score on the team. But you're missing number one, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight, number nine. Now you get all the way down to ten. Tristan Thompson. Uh, let's see. Mo Harkless. Damian Jones. Jamias Ramsey. Robert Woodard. Uh, and Keita are available. That's your list. That's your unofficial list for tonight. So um, the the questions on the game is how? How do you do it? How do you play? Well, one, you have to. You have to compete. You have to do the things that that group is capable of. You still have some good defenders there. I'm really worried about the offense, the structure, the handling of the basketball. Um, I know we we automatically think of a point guard. Well, they're just, they're just the one that dribbles the ball up the floor. Uh, yes, but not not solely. You'll see other people bring the ball to the floor. I'm, just get the offense into a rhythm. Set people up. Um, how is that going to be done? Jamias Ramsey, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald. Those are some of your candidates. Mo Harkless. You're not going to do that with Tristan Thompson. I mean, you can you can run stuff through the high post, but this is something that there's really been no practice time for. You you know, just a few hours ago, the Kings didn't even know who would be available. And the practice facility has been closed. So it's not like they've been able to gather together. They can communicate via, you know, Zoom and different things. And then they'll get here ultimately and probably do some version of a walkthrough, if even that. But uh, <laughs> it is going to be a major, major challenge hey, tonight. Hey, Jason, have you happened to get the audio of the uh, coaching plan for tonight? Oh, I, I don't know. Do you happen to have it? I actually do. It's oh, interesting wait, that you... you didn't see it. Oh, I didn't see it. Well, it's not out there. I think you found some exclusive audio. So tell us what this is again. Uh, this is the uh, Kings coaching staff trying to work out uh, what to do tonight. Okay. So here it is. Fire and away. And then we'll just, you know, see what happens. You ready? Oh, wait, wait, wait. So we're just going to wing it? Piper, there's a big difference between winging it and seeing what happens. Now let's see what happens. You know what, Chris? What's let's that? see what happens. Yeah. They're not going to wing it. No, heaven forbid. There's a plan here. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see what. There's a big difference. Big difference. Big difference. I mean, come on. A big, big difference. Huge. Yeah. I don't like what's inside your brain. (laughs) Um, So we'll see what happens tonight between the Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies. More on that coming up. Let's give you another thing here on First Things First. First things first. All right. Last one here on first things first. I I almost need uh, help to understand, to comprehend, to compartmentalize even this thought. We've just spent the last couple segments talking about how COVID has ravaged the NFL, how games have to be moved. The Kings are going to play tonight, a version of them. We've seen some Bulls games postponed. Uh, the Hornets have been ravaged by COVID. Other teams are too, Lakers. So COVID's an issue. COVID's a major problem. So much so that the league really, really, really wants you to be vaccinated. They can't force a player to, but they want you to. And they want you to get both shots. And they want you to get uh, boosted. And maybe even another boost at some point. 
anyway, that's that's the league's want. They don't want to have COVID. They don't want to have this look, but they it's it's here. So with that as a backdrop, and with teams being hit, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, for example, have been hit by COVID and have had to play some games on a very shoestring roster. Now, they've been fortunate enough to still have James Harden and Kevin Durant for a lot of that, but it's still a a thinned-out roster. So it would be nice, you know, one guy that hasn't been able to play because the Nets said, Kyrie Irving, you clearly have said and been very open about it. I mean, he's made his decision, and he has every right to make that decision about not wanting to get vaccinated. They were trying to work out a way to make it happen in New York that was not going to be allowed for him to play at home. So he basically was going to become a part-time player. Those same kind of county and district restrictions aren't the same for a visiting player. I don't know entirely why, but that is the case. So uh, like San Francisco and and, um, Andrew Wiggins was in that same spot. He ultimately got vaccinated, so he's able to play all games. But if Kyrie Irving had gone there, he could have played. So weird, but that was the situation. So if Kyrie Irving were to play this year, he was going to be a part-time player. The Nets ultimately got to a spot, hey, look, we respect your decision, but you've got to respect ours. We do not want a part-time player. So until you get vaccinated, you will not be a member of the Brooklyn Nets. That's the story. That's the backdrop until today when now reports are surfacing that Kyrie Irving is beginning his process to make a return to the Brooklyn Nets. And I went, all right, good for him. He is going to be able to play again because he's going to follow what the Nets said, follow protocols, and he'll get vaccinated. And once he's you know, a couple weeks clear of his second shot, or even if he did Johnson & Johnson, he'll be able to, to play. No, not the case. The Nets are bringing back Kyrie Irving even though they know he's not vaccinated and he has no plans on getting vaccinated. So he's going to be the part-time player. So to reiterate... In a league that is getting ravaged by COVID, the Brooklyn Nets thinks it's a good idea to bring and add an unvaccinated player. Did I get that about right, Chris? Yes. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny, if that makes sense. The other thing now that they're doing I'm now that I'm thinking about it. So let's say this all goes to plan and he's just going on the road with a team. Right, because he can't play in the home games. Does he get his own travel? Does he... Going to have to. (laughs) So he's going to meet the team there. Well, I I don't know that he has to. I don't know that that's the case, but I know that they have to be, you know, on the plane and masked and all that. But I think, you know, it still has to uh, be as... Well, you know what? You might be right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because there are other players that are unvaccinated. So I think they've been traveling with teams. You just got to keep having negative tests. You know, with football players, we know there's been several quarterbacks that have chosen not to, and they you know, can't meet in uh, closed quarters. But I don't know how they do that with planes and, um, I guess, just masked. Um, <laughs> yeah. But just what a, a bizarre situation they're bringing him back because of COVID, basically. And he's the one that's not vaccinated. And they were fearful of playing him and not wanting to because of COVID and because it's hit their team. Now he's a great player. No one's – that, that's not the debate or the question. You'd love to add someone that talented, but he's not. It's just it, that's a. So, I mean, when you for, you were the one that first told me about it, and I thought, oh, okay, wow, interesting. He's changing his mind, and you know, maybe he's going to get ready and healthy, and then play the second half of the season and try to make a championship run, which I think that team can. But that's not what's happening here. Now that I'm thinking, it's going to be like tough to. Uh, I don't know. So he's not going to be able to practice with the team, correct? Or 
In Brooklyn, I don't believe so. Well, I think they had worked out something I remember early on before they ultimately drew up the ultimatum where they said they didn't want a part-time player. I thought they had worked out something in because don't they go to a a different gym? Like it's a private gym to even practice. Like he would be able to do that because. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, weren't they trying to get it to change it to a private gym? Or maybe. Maybe that's what it was. I think that's what it was. And I don't know if they ever did that, but just bizarre times it's a bizarro world and i I almost had to read that three times when i thought wait there Kyrie's coming back but he's not vaccinated in a time where the league is hit by as much i mean it it feels like when you hit refresh it it reminds me of the trade deadline or free agency and you're just waiting to see news and here's sham and Woj tweeting about um Players ending COVID protocols. And it's strange that this has happened in Brooklyn or New York City is already getting hit hard by COVID again. Right. So you just right. say like, oh, no, he's he's fine. Wow. Just a strange, strange time. All right. That is first things first. Time to get a new mattress. Shop local at Sleep First. We're just getting started. We're here at Golden One where tonight it's supposed to be the Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies. Looks like the game will be on. We'll talk more about that. As we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Right back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown sacramento all right let's get into tonight's game like literally how 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 can the kings do this how can they function to find a way to win i mean that's the goal and yeah everyone's going to come here go oh, the kings have no chance i can tell you it's not easy it's not going to be the odds are low but can they win absolutely so how what how do you do it i i think of a couple times over the years doing this where Oh, man, there's there's so many times. I remember there was a time at Arco where Golden State was coming in. And Golden State that night's top three players at the time were Baron Davis, Matt Barnes, I think uh, Steven Jackson, and they were all out. And there might have been two other players out. I'm like, oh, the Kings are going to win this one easily. They didn't. Now that's, you know, three or four players. The Kings have a, are decimated tonight. Uh, there was a trip several years ago to Denver for the Sacramento Kings, and this was more of a travel issue where the Kings couldn't get out. I don't know if they were here or somewhere else on the West Coast, but they were trying to get to Denver on the second night of a back-to-back, and that's always the toughest one to get to. They had to fly something like into Colorado Springs because of snow and bus over. They literally arrived at the game, I want to say, an hour before tip-off, and you're thinking, well, they've got no shot tonight. None. They're not going to beat Denver. And they beat Denver. Now, those are the positive sides. Plenty of times these things have lined up and go, this team has no chance. And then they have no chance. But you can't look at it that way. For the people that don't get to play a lot, we're talking about Jemias Ramsey, Amias Keda, uh, Robert Woodard, those guys that are between two-way players, G League, and fringe of the, of the Kings bench here, it's opportunity. It's an opportunity to show the organization, show the league, um, it's exciting. I mean, think about that. It's like, you know, tonight's not an exciting night when he's entering the gym for Mo Harkless or for Harrison Barnes. But for 
some of the players that don't play that much, they, they might, hey, am I getting 25 minutes of playing time tonight? 30 minutes? Two? They don't know. They don't know where the run will be. But the fact that they are so decimated and so thin in the overall roster of available players tonight, it is an opportunity. And that's what we were talking about. So uh, going over the roster, going over the available players tonight for the Kings, the biggest concern that's got to be for Coach Christie, and by the way, I'm so glad Doug won the other day because if this was his first chance, I mean, I think tonight's a game, you know, you've heard the term house money. There's low expectations. I don't think people, most people believe the Kings will lose. That doesn't matter. The Kings can't think that way. But I'm glad Doug got a great win the other day against the Wizards, and I would hate for this to have been like his first and maybe even only opportunity. We want Alvin Gentry back in a speedy process, but um, looks like it will be Doug coaching the team as the head coach tonight. But it's a process. You know, they're still consulting Coach Gentry. He's still around. Um, and, you know, Coach Herskew and all the way down the line, Longobardi and everybody, they'll all be sharing input on what they think is the best way to win. So without Halliburton, without Alex Len, without De'Aaron Fox, without Davion Mitchell, without Terrence Davis, without Chemezi Metu, without Marvin Bagley, without Rashawn Holmes. Did I miss anybody? Without Lewis King. So you've got Harrison Barnes, who obviously will start. You've got Mo Harkless, who has started. Tristan Thompson, I believe, will start at center, if not Damian Jones. Buddy Heald will play a lot. Then you're going to look at Robert Woodard, Jemias Ramsey, Damian Jones, and Amias Keda. That would so, actually would have been a good, like, perfect in this terrible situation. What's that? Is if the Kings signed Isaiah Thomas to a 10-day contract before yeah, the Lakers. Much like the Lakers did yesterday. Yeah. yeah, there was some talk today. I saw that floating around with the Kings be given that hardship. And, and I, you know, maybe they could to sign a player. But even that, you're just thinking, is is that to just throw in a body just to have when there's zero continuity, zero practice time, zero core concepts of what the team wants to do? You're just going, hey, go uh, hustle. Go rebound. You know what they should do? Huh? They should do have a contest where uh, one of the fans gets to play for the Kings for a night. Uh, I hope we pick a good fan. I mean, if they're just looking for a body. Yeah. Which, at this point, I guess guess they're not. Um, I would say Tom Maley, but he'd lead the team (laughs) in turnovers. Yeah, we can't have turnovers. Well, going to that, there's already the, the thought process out there. I know I thought it. Of Buddy. We know that Buddy can play 12 minutes or 30 minutes, and Buddy is a volume shooter. He likes to shoot the basketball. And tonight, that may have to just be accepted. (laughs) Shoot the ball. Um, The other part is Buddy will be in a spot where he's probably going to have to make a lot of decisions. That has not been a strength of his. So what what puts up more of a red flag for you as as someone that may come to the game, may watch the game, or listen to the game, Buddy taking a lot of field goal attempts or Buddy handling the ball a lot and making decisions? Both are a little alarming, but um, the shots, you also kind of need them to shoot a little bit, but you hope it's one of the efficient Buddy Heald nights. Um, so, you're again, what you're missing is even if you had one of Fox, Halliburton, or Davion Mitchell would, would make a world of difference. The, the biggest concern, without a doubt, has to be functioning the offense, running plays, getting others involved. And 
on a trust issue, that's not Harrison Barnes' skill set per se. And I shouldn't say skill set. That's not his job description, but he is capable of handling the ball and probably running through systems and sets and setting up other people. But he also might need to be your primary scorer. So, I mean, this is a really tricky night just based on how few personnel they have, how um, unbalanced. It's already a weird, quirky roster. As you can hear, I'm trying to fight through the anthem here. Um, to have Tristan Thompson, to have Kata, to have Damian Jones, that's good size. But you could probably get away better with more people that have more versatility. So if you, if you were able to sacrifice three or four, three, two to three of the big guys for another ball handler or another wing, that might have been more beneficial, but that's not the case. So we won't know for a while what the starting lineup was going to be, but my guess, and I feel like it's a decent guess, would be Tristan Thompson, Buddy Heald, Mo Harkless, Harrison Barnes, and probably Jamias Ramsey. And then your three off the bench are Woodard, Damian Jones, and Amias Keda. Man, that's going to be tough. But you go out, you compete. We looked at the Charlotte game, and I think this is a good example when the Kings played Charlotte a week ago in Charlotte, minus so many players. They're down seven players, but they had some pretty significant and good players still around, and Gordon Hayward ended up having a big night, and you're going to need something like that to just find a way. And then the other part about it is if, and this is a big if, I don't know how many people are going to be here tonight and how many will be inspired and fired up, but the people that were here, it was a light crowd to start the game the other night against the Wizards. The fourth quarter got pretty loud, got pretty entertaining, got pretty energetic. And when you are this dramatically undermanned and an underdog and you're the home team, people root for you. I mean, hopefully Kings fans are rooting for the Kings anyway. Uh, But there's been the other side of it where it's an expectation. Maybe the Kings are playing a team that's bad, and they have all things going in their favor, and then fans start to boo when the Kings play poorly, and I understand that. But this is the dramatic underdog. This is going to an NCAA tournament game and watching a 15 seed lead a two, and you have no connection to either team, but the building starts rooting for the 15 seed because they're not supposed to win. So the longer the Kings can stay in the game and compete with Memphis – the more, one, the more belief the players that are executing that will have, you start to creep a little bit of doubt into Memphis. Memphis should be extremely confident coming into tonight, but not overconfident. They're also just a good team. So when the Kings were healthy, as we said, they were embarrassed by the Grizzlies. So just play, compete, and then I know you don't want to do something that you're not capable of, but can someone now all of a sudden have what we would never expect kind of night. That's what's the the kind of thing that's going to have to take. And if I could sub, like I said, one player, as much as I'd love to see Holmes and his energy back, it would be one of the three guards. If Halliburton, Mitchell, or Fox were available, just one of them, it would make a big difference. But they're not, so it doesn't matter. You can worry about Len not being here and uh, met to and all the way down the list, but they got to figure out a way. And 
it's a challenge all the way through. But the other part is, is this just the beginning of the situation? Or how volatile is the rest of the next couple of games? We had mentioned this the other day in the postgame when the Sacramento Kings beat the Wizards. We said, look, they played tonight without Terrence Davis, without Marvin Bagley, without their head coach. But we'd be naive to think that this is the end of the list. So testing has been critical. It, the numbers even changed from yesterday to today. Now, also, the longer it goes, and if guys are vaccinated and maybe even boosted and get a, a day or two of negative tests, well, maybe they jump back in and are available again soon. But I don't know everyone's vaccination status, and, and they don't have to tell us. Some players have been open about it. Others haven't. So, you know, the Kings play Sunday. They play Monday. They play Wednesday. This is a hectic time for them. A lot of games and a lot of days in a row here. And tonight, they just it's, it's kind of one of those things where almost everything is pointing against them. And sometimes in sports, sometimes that's when it somehow is magical and it turns the other way. I don't know if tonight's going to be one of those nights. I would understand why it wouldn't be. But I would say when people say stranger things have happened, there's there'd be stranger things in the Kings winning tonight. This would be up there, though, to be a pretty good reference point. But uh, there have been stranger things that have happened. So we'll see how it goes. But as we said, we also got to take our eye on the rest of the league. They, we've seen the league move two games or postpone two games with the Chicago Bulls. I think the Kings are right on that threshold. They got through it tonight, at least to play, at least all by all accounts. But will they be clear to go come Sunday Monday and even Wednesday. We'll talk more about that, more about the league, and more about how to take on this Memphis Grizzly team that, by the way, is 18-11. and 11. We also will visit with Eric Hasseltine, the radio voice of the Grizz. He's going to join us at 5, and plenty of football discussion to get into when we start the 4 o'clock hour. That's all coming up right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK, Jason Ross here with you, coming to you from Golden One Center tonight. Kings and Memphis Grizzlies meeting for the second time this year. And as you know by now, I'm sure uh, the Sacramento Kings are going to be severely undermanned as there's been a COVID spread and health and safety protocols. Also, injuries. There's a couple of injuries still. And you got Tyrese Halliburton put in that injury list tonight. And uh, Rashawn Holmes still yet to recover from that injury to his eye a few games back. But I was telling you when we went to break about how good Memphis is because, I mean, the last time the Kings went and played the Grizzlies, the Kings were absolutely embarrassed in Memphis. And this is what really kick-started things for the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies were – that was the first game for Memphis to play without uh, John Morant. And one of the things I equated that time, what I remember about, was the Kings played the Lakers uh, before that and won. That was that triple overtime win – and if you remember that game, the Kings were playing without um, several players. Holmes was out. Barnes was out. I think they started Metu and Len and Harkless with Halliburton and Fox. And the Lakers had all their group. And, you know, sometimes the first game you play without some key players, everybody kind of responds and rallies and, and steps up. And you can get some good production. So the Kings did that. Then they went to Memphis. And I think the same thing happened 
for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were playing their first game without John ja Morant, and that night, whether it was uh, Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr., just go down the list, Anthony Melton, a lot of players for the Memphis Grizzlies played well. And if I remember right, it was something like a 76-point first half, that trend that's been hitting the Kings all too much, just terrible defense, and the Grizzlies won easily. I mean, the Grizzlies never trailed. They got that thing close to 40, if I'm not mistaken. I think they led by 36, 37 points and just totally embarrassed the Kings. And the Kings struggled to get to 101, and at that time Memphis was near the bottom in defense in the league. Sacramento shot poorly. So that was with, uh, on that day, looking back at the box score here, I think I'll find, yeah, Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metu, Alex Lynn, Tyrese Halliburton, and De'Aaron Fox. So sure, they play without Holmes, and they play without Harrison Barnes, but the same thing the night before, or two nights before when they were in L.A., and they won. This time they lost, they were embarrassed, and really had no chance to win that game. So tonight, when you play the same Memphis team that, you know, at that point was coming into that game at 9-10, and 10, and here they are now at 18 and 11. They have gone 9 and 1 without John Morant. And I think we'd all say Jaw's their best player. They're not better without Jaw, but why are they winning so much? And we're going to find that out and ask that question to Eric Hasseltine when he joins us at 5 o'clock here at the arena. But that's to the team's credit, coaching staff's credit, the roster up and down, other guys, I know it's the cliche, but have stepped up, have improved their game, have improved their role, have been a star in their role. And that's what Memphis has found the ability to do. And that's what's great about tonight. You're asking it for one night. You might ask it for two for the Kings, maybe even three. But right now you're not worried about Sunday. You're not worried about Monday. The game may not even be on on Sunday and Monday. I hope it is. If you get to a spot where the Kings have any more concerns about losing players, well, they're at the the limit. They're at the fringe here that kind of edge level of available players. So if there's any more health and safety protocol issues going forward, they're going to have to be shut down. So tonight, it's the how do we do it, what's the way, what's the roadmap, and you really can't worry about any more concerns. The other part you, you really want is the players that are injured or tweaked or a little bit, you know, in Metu and Holmes and Halliburton. You want them to be back sooner than later. Um, and, and, you know, that would change things because as of now, they've not been listed in health and safety protocols. So if that's just a one-game thing for Tyrese Halliburton, well, he could be back on Sunday. That, that boosts your numbers. And other guys could be back. When you play a Spurs team that is below you at the time, they also, oh, by the way, completely embarrassed you in another wire-to-wire loss. So you're playing one tonight, you're playing one on Sunday that did that to you, and then after that, oh, it's a road game, and you get to go to San Francisco and play the Warriors, followed by the Clippers here, and then Memphis again. So there's an opportunity here, when right, to get some things done at home. Um, And if you look at what they did the other night against Washington, I think they had the good balance of getting contributions from a lot of players, but defense, and I know when we played that sound yesterday from Doug Christie, he was really pleased with the where he felt the game turn, and he told the story in the post game. He said, look, guys, you know why we're where we are where we are? And they all kind of looked at him and said, defense. Defense got it done, and then it propelled them into a big offense, and they had that 35-point fourth quarter outscoring 
the Wizards 35-16. to So that's the situation this team is in now, and then it goes back to what we said right off the top of the show about COVID and sports. And leagues want you to be vaccinated. They can't force a player to. They have um, more than forced or needed staff and others involved closely involved to be vaccinated and i say the games go on last year they had to move a ton of football games they hadn't moved any until now and the nba was able to get through most everything and they were the most successful when they had the bubble i've seen people well they got to set up a bubble that that was when they were already in a, a pause and they had months to prepare that this is on the fly and this is also why this has all been so fluid because there's a new variant one two we're in another spike i mean we just i would say most people most i think we're starting to feel better about where we were if you got vaccinated you got vaccinated some choose not to i mean i don't know we're, we're this far in i i feel like if you have chosen not to you're not going to do it i don't know what the delay or other reason would be maybe there's some i i, I don't know that so I would just believe if you have thought this long and hard or don't even think about it, like, I don't want to do it, then you don't want to do it. I don't think that's going to change now. I don't, but maybe in a handful of people. But the others that wanted to have done it. So we're probably at that crossroads, and it's obviously still impacting all realms here. Those that are unvaccinated and seemingly, statistically, have been getting more sick, but others... Uh, that have been vaccinated, and certainly in this case, when it's proven that you are, have tested positive, you have to sit out. So the leagues are at that point where they've got to figure out what the next step is, and the NFL chose to move games. The NBA has only postponed two, but uh, that could be changing as we go along. We'll get into the next hour. We've got to get into football in the NFL this week, including last night's win by the Chiefs, the decisions that were made. Analytics did not have its best night last night. And the Raiders game has been moved. A couple others as well. We've got to look at the Niners matchup and the week of the NFL. We'll do that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK.